In this episode of the Rockets Chop Shop Pod, I'm joined by my man Madison Moore and we talk draft. The Rockets beat the tiebreaker for the Spurs, so they can't get no worse than a six pick in the NBA draft coming up in a few months. Who should they pick? Who should they pick depending on where they land? Who would you pick at one, two, three, four, and five? Six? Would you pick six? Would you trade it? We talk about all this and more. Tap in. Enjoy. What up, Chop Shoppers? We got my man Madison Moore with me here about to go through what y'all been asking asking for all the lives y'all keep asking us to do the draft the draft the draft well the draft is here and i got the best person that i know and this dude is like he's my kindred basketball spirit i swear to god we don't we don't disagree on a lot if we do it's probably some real real minute and it's probably something to do with semantics but um madison bro what's good with you man that much dog appreciate you for having me on man i've been waiting to get on the chop shop man chop it up with you Yes, sir, bro. And this this will be, uh, the, you know, there's other things relating to the Rockets that I kind of want to chop it up with you, but we'll get to that in the future. But today, um, w- you know, we found out when the coin flip happened on Monday that the Rockets are, you know, no worse than the sixth pick. Um, and we, you know, beat the tiebreaker with San Antonio. So I wanted you as an expert in the draft, and that's really your, your main kind of your bread and butter is the draft and you are an expert um we're gonna go through the top six picks on your draft board and we'll kind of bounce off of each other and see like you know where we think their strengths lie where their weaknesses lie um and you know i have a couple of disagreements with your ordering but i'm not mad at your at your six so we'll get into it um uh, for that first before we even get started with that what is your methodology like overall on grading prospects when you look at them yeah so I think it varies. It, it, it Honestly, when you're dealing with the draft inside the top 10, I believe that upside should win out. Right. So but it's a delicate balance between upside and the safety of a pick. How scalable is a prospect as well? Like, what are his levels of outcomes? Um, whether it, does this guy has star upside or you know, the likely thing is that these guys won't be stars. So what does it look like if this prospect isn't a star? Does Do they have skill sets that fit in this league that are translatable um, and, you know, will translate to a high level starter if they don't hit the star mark? Right. And so th- those are like some of the big things that I, that I focus on. And I have my own kind of barometer of just from experience watching the game and being around the game so so much and then listening and taking in a lot of uh draft content to understand what guys are what guys actually look for and how to identify it and so i've kind of come up with my own like philosophy out of that um but i'm very much an amateur new to this but i just love it man and i I kind of feel like I got an eye for it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I think you've, you know, you've been really, really good about some of the kind of the maybe not late, 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 but I've seen you hit on some mid kind of mid tier late lottery prospect. Obviously, the one we both love to death is Jalen Williams in Oklahoma City. And I see I seen it in summer league. I was like, this is curtains. This guy's it. <laughs> Because just like you, mine, like for like younger players, especially um, whether it's G League, OT, uh, NCAA, a lot of people get caught up on stats with them. And to me, that's a waste of time. Like you're you're really these young guys, you really got to turn the film on and watch what they do. And like you said, I agree. I'm a scale up guy. If you can do a certain skill, even if it's at an amateur level with development, assuming NBA development, assuming um, you know, proper coaching, assuming growth in your body, your skills, does that scale up mm-hmm. to be and then mix that with natural God given ability and you start kind of cooking from there. Right. And, you know, so that that's my broad philosophy on, on looking at players. And, I, you know, that I apply that across the board for all of them. Yeah, man, it's it's honestly, you know, the the best prospects have a combination of physical tools and IQ. Like if yep. you if you can hit the, the combination of physical tools and IQ, um, you're going to make it. You, you just are. I mean, you got you need the work ethic and that, you know, that that type of stuff, because I don't I don't believe any rookie is ready to play in the NBA with grown men. And I like people should come in. People should come come into that understanding that like, hey, this guy's going to be bad at basketball. Like he's going to be bad yep. at basketball. <laughs> he's his first year. And the sooner you accept that, the better you'll be off when, when looking at your prospects and understanding what it looks like when they grow and become more consistent. 
That's facts. Big facts. Okay, so we're going to get started with, obviously, I'm going to go one through six. So number one, obviously, the player that, you know, everybody, if you, if you don't draft them number one, you're probably going to get uh, tarred and feathered and jailed in whatever city you're in, is uh, Victor Wembanyama. Um, you know, this is the 7'4", 7'5", whatever uh, rumored his height is, a big man slash wing from, uh, from France. Um, now, I'm going to read off some of his, just some broad stats for him. 21.4 right now um, in the in the Metropolitans um, that on the Metropolitans team 21.4 points 9.9 rebounds 2.3 assists he's shooting from field goal 46.9 percent from three 30.4 percent 83 percent free throw shooter you love that because that means the shooting the form the touch everything is real 3.1 blocks um, averaging 32 minutes per game. Um, so for me, Wembyama, I'll, I'll let you kind of tee off on it. Then we'll go back and forth. Um, to me, is a no-brainer number one generational talent. Um, what is your uh, your outlook on him as a player? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've never seen a guy with these type of physical tools, fluidity, combination of skills. I mean, this guy has a chance to be a game changer on defense and on offense. I mean, there's very rare occasions when you come across a player who can be a superstar just from their defensive versatility, just defensive versatility only. Right. I mean, that's how I kind of felt about Dwight Howard when he was yeah. in the league. I mean, Dwight Howard was never really a good offensive player to me. He didn't really have good skill sets, but that's just how dominant of a defensive player that he was, is that he could anchor a team and really change the dynamic of the game in a way that was kind of just beyond anything normal. And I think when Manyama has a chance to be better, right? Um, I think we all know the strengths. The length is ridiculous. I don't even know if there's another player that has has an eight foot wingspan. Like I don't yeah, know, maybe nice. maybe Manu <laughs> Like eight foot is absolutely ridiculous. Just to put it into context, like Rudy Gobert is seven foot six. For it to be four inches, like you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's just absolutely ridiculous. He's gonna be able to um, really fly around the court and do some things that like only Giannis Antetokounmpo can do, right? You know what I mean? He has the foot speed. The frame is really, really skinny, and I think he'll struggle on the boards early in uh, fighting for position. But just from his height and high point balls, he'll he'll be able to um, he'll be able to get you know four to six rebounds um, just off high point in his height, um, and probably offensively he might be an issue too. But he's not going to be able to hold his spot early on. Uh, Strength strength will be an issue for him, and I and when he plays bigs like uh, Embiid, who are very physically imposing, they're gonna have their way with him. He'll probably be in foul trouble. Um, he honestly, he he kind of still is a, little, a bit jumpy. He's not as disciplined as he should be defensively, but I think he's a smart player. He'll get there. It's just young guy stuff. Once he learns that he doesn't have to jump, just hold your arms up, you know what I mean? And don't yeah. bite on these things and just stay solid. He has the fit, foot speed to move uh, with pace. And he and once you, we allow, you allow him to be a roaming bigs, he's just going to change the game defensively that way. Offensively, I mean... He went to this team and they let him uh, just grow his skill set and do whatever he wanted to do out there. So he's basically playing like an all-star game, like he's in an all-star game every game. And that's contributed to why he's so inefficient from three. I mean, the, the highlights are amazing and great, but I, I want to caution fans like – Bro, they're not gonna let him do that in the NBA. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not they're not gonna let him do that. And if he goes to a team that's actually trying to win right away, yeah. uh, don't be surprised if they develop him in the way that Evan Mobley is being developed. Right? Yeah. That is that is the smart way. This is no, no more of that funny stuff. And so you know, I just would caution fans. Like I understand he has all these skills, but it might be year three before they. Uh, throwing it down and letting him do all of that stuff. And and honestly, a lot of it is unnecessary. Like, bro, why are you taking Facts. one foot over, three, <laughs> over, bro? Like, over a 6'2 guard guarding you? You know what I mean? You're going to hurt yourself, bro. Like, you're, yeah. you're going to hurt yourself. I think I think injury is a concern because I don't like the way he falls. Uh, you know, he's really skinny. I think his, I'm scared about his ankles. You know what I mean? And he's doing all these step back moves. Like, bro, <laughs> When have you ever seen Kevin Durant shoot a step back? Right. You know what I mean? There's no right. need. There's no need. You're you're so physically gifted. There's no need. You're, you're unnecessarily making the shots harder on you, on yourself. And then 
you're opening yourself up to more injury. Um, but I think his team has done an amazing job of taking care of him. Um, like he, he has some crazy routine. He gets like 12 hours of sleep every day. But yeah. I mean, I just would caution people. I mean, this guy plays two games a week. You know what I mean? He has, yeah. he's, he's elite low managed. It's going to be that workload is going to be something different. And you have to be careful with a guy at this size. Right. And it, you know, all that step back, <laughs> that's yeah. also it's first of all, it's unnecessary and not going to win basketball games. It's going to make you inefficient. Um, and second, I mean, I think it opens him up to more injury. So I just would caution fans. Team, smart teams are not going to have him doing that stuff. Yeah, at least, at and, least early on. and you took I mean, that's basically exactly my thoughts. And I, I'll I'll take a more uh, uh, a more uh, pessimistic approach to evaluating him. Everything you said is true and everybody should be, you know, that's the guy you want to get. I mean, mm-hmm. once again, imagine like the pick and roll coverage of Rudy, Rudy Gobert, the ability to step out on the perimeter like Giannis, the ability to, you know, create his own shots, shoot from pretty much anywhere on the court. Um, but when he gets to the NBA, I think he's going to struggle with uh, where players play him with leverage. Um, he's going to struggle not only against the MBs of the world. I can see him struggle against guards that get under him because he does not play with a lot of leverage right now. He is very, very light. And um, the league he's playing and the players, you know, they're not the greatest athletes in the world. But I can see even a guy like Drew Holiday like really messing up his life if he was to switch out on him to play him. Um, I think Victor's... Um, he might like when he comes in i think he's gonna struggle like mightily and there might even people throw out the b word on him to start because his Mm. expectations are so high but you know the nba is a grown man's league and this is a kid that needs to adjust to playing uh grown man ball like you pointed out in that article that uh i think uh windhorse and gavoni did that did the whole uh detail on his life in france and how they switch Mm. leagues to because he was kept on getting hurt in the other league in, in France uh, because their frequency was more like the NBA as far as the games they played. Um, they brought him to his team now. He plays the two games a week. He has a stretching routine that he uh, stretches his big toe. Um, he has a, a dietitian, a nutrition, a stretch coach, a, this coach, two two agents, one in America, one in... So this dude's a team. He's a project, but I, I think it's going to be a tough transition for him early on in the NBA. Like, I really do think that he's going to come out on struggle. But man, the upside is, is just crazy. But when we get to number two, we're going to talk about my favorite oh, yeah, guy yeah. in the draft. Real quick, so. For each one, just 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 real quick, um, fit on the Rockets. Victor, um, where does he fit? Um, if you put him on the Rockets, where where is he aligning? What is, assuming we don't make any changes right now, what does that starting five look like? Yeah. Um, I think we have to seriously consider moving Shingoon to the bench and not so that Wimby can play the five, but so that Jabari can play the five. I still would like Wimby as my four, as a roaming big. Um, he needs He's going to need some help with the physicality, but it's it's not even that he can't play with Shingoon. It's that I don't know if Shingoon, Wimby, and Jabari are a good fit to all play with each other. Right. But I think it's just so much talent that I tried. You know, it's, it's kind of the similar thing that they're doing in Orlando. Just go out there with length yeah. and versatility, dog, yeah. and see and see what happens. I mean, you got smart enough guys. Jabari have another year under his belt. Uh, just see see what happens, man, and and maybe zone up some. You know, do you can do some things with his elite versatility that you won't be able to do with anybody else. I mean, I think it would take a creative coach, but I think it's something that you definitely should try. So, for me. I probably just start all three of them and let it work where it works. I, I would, you know, be really worried if uh, we have, like, they have to guard a movement shooting three, like yeah. Tyler Hero or something. Like, I don't, I don't think Jabari is going to be able to fight across screens like that. And Wimby might be the best one to do it just because of his length. The but length, yeah. yeah, yeah, he can, he can go under the screen and still contest. So, uh, but I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, but shoot, you might just roll out a zone and. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just go with yeah. It, yeah. I mean that. Imagine if we actually did get Nick Nurse. I think he'd probably have an orgasm if he had yeah. the uh, <laughs> three, a three, uh, three man front court. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. I would go with all three just to see because I feel like um, there is a uniqueness about having that big of a front court with Jabari at the small forward position. Um, just a name, they would function differently. You know, I think assuming Wemby would be like the four or the five and Shangun, they would be interchangeable. But 
I think just the name, you can call Jabari the, the small four, but defensively, I think we've talked about this on Rockets Watch. I would have Shangun be the point of attack, kind of drop big, have uh, uh, Wemby play the cleanup crew. He's anything, you killing anything moving. Like anything mm -hmm. comes in there is you. And then just uh, rotate, you know, Jalen, if it's Kevin Porter, whoever's there, you got to haul ass to get over. Um, and when you start your rotations, and I think that with the length, you can really do a lot of damage there. So, yeah, uh, good stuff there. So the next guy, this is a guy we both both love. And I think, I honestly, if I was, man, if I, if, if if we didn't, I wouldn't be that mad if we didn't get Wemby. Let me just say that. Like, bro, there's that, there's a world where I'm like, uh, you know, like. I'm praying for two, bro. I, I understand. I, un I understand that Wemby is the best prospect and I have to take him. But but this is my draft crush. This is this man, is the guy man. I want. <laughs> so we obviously y'all would know the number two. I know some people been capping with that Brandon Miller talk. Uh, don't bring that about me. I don't want to hear it. They be capping. But uh, Scoot Henderson. Uh, I mean, what can I say? Like I'm gonna read off his stats, and they're not uh, superficially impressive. So 16.5 points, 5.4 rebounds, 6.5 assists, shooting 42% from the field. Um, three uh, from three, twenty-seven percent free throw, seventy-six percent, three-point-five turnovers. I know a lot of people get it on him about those turnovers. He's played nineteen games, averaging thirty minutes per game, just off rip. Um, for him, you know, just before you even kind of you know do your expert analysis on him, watching film on Scoot and just figuring out one thing I look for. One, we already know. I know you're going to touch on this pick and roll demon. Pick and roll demon gives me all the feels of Chris Paul. All of it, mannerisms, navigation, like y'all haven't, and the mid range is crazy. You get on to the passing. If you know how the quarterbacks have the quarterback tree, and the real elite quarterbacks can make every every throw in the tree, this dude can make every single pass in the pick and roll. Every and he manipulates the defense when he does it. Y'all don't understand, man. If turn turn off the stats, turn on the tape and watch this kid work. It's Chris Paul's like pick and roll navigation with like Russ or somebody's explosiveness. Yes. <laughs> mid range God. He's transition demon. Like, man, defense upside. The wingspan is there. The body's built like a 6'2 Davion Mitchell with the length on the. Like, I, to me, I don't know, bro. I don't know what people are watching, but what do you think about Scoot Henderson? Man, best point guard prospect I've seen. Like, I think he's a different tier than John Wall, bro. Like, you know, and John Wall was a ridiculous point guard prospect. Yep. I mean, I mean, it, but it's it's what you're talking about. I mean, we're talking Chris Paul esque command of the of the offense in Derrick Rose's body. You know what I mean? Like, Facts. it and that and, and this this guy has some of the most impressive stop start I've ever seen in a yeah. prospect he's at his age like the just manipulation of pace that allows him to get anywhere on the floor get anything he wants he gets any shot that he wants <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah. it's the manipulation of pace and he's always in control like I, I always feel he's he's never leaving his feet when passing he doesn't need to he doesn't need and he's only six foot two you know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's continuously getting downhill, making plays for others. He can beat you offensively uh, with with scoring and passing. And he showed that in the game against Wimby. You know what I mean? Where the whole first half was just a display of his scoring package, and then in the fourth quarter he dissected them with passing. Like yeah. that level of prospect, bro. I, I you know I'm. This dude can be special. A lot of people, a lot of big people have been talking about, oh, you know, six foot two guards are a dime a dozen. This is not, this is not a dime a dozen guy. That body, the the type of body, you said Davion Mitchell, but he's bigger. That dude is yeah, I mean, yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. he's like baby LeBron, bro. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He's like LeBron. I, if he was I heard two. I heard somebody said uh Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, a good like yeah, yeah. Right. Eric Bledsoe, but but he also is like a much better like leaper, right? Then like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Also, so yep. so it yeah. just just build with with that type of explosiveness and he's always in control, which is good, which is really important for his archetype cuz we've seen that archetype also yep. deal with injuries. 
but because he plays with so much control, that will really help him and help him in the injury front. And he did deal with a lot of injuries this year, but they were like freak injuries, bro. Like he yeah. he broke his nose, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, you know what I mean? And people want to talk about the shooting and whatnot. Um, and they were like, oh, he shot 29%. That's not true. The, the, the G League breaks their st- their stats up into blocks. And if you count the, the totality of the season, he was at like 32. You know what I mean? Which yeah. was... R- real quick, t- tank- Tankathon projects him to be a 34% NBA shooter. I, I, I promise you he's going to be a better shooter than that. Cause he's yeah, already I'm just a, saying. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to be... I think he has a very good chance to be a 40% three-point shooter. He's a leader. They When they talk about like him as a person, what like the G League Ignite raves about the type of person he is. He's going to come in Facts. day one and be a leader. You know what I mean? The, he has a certain t- uh, maturity to his game and how he carries himself. And I, I like, I just believe he's going to put in the work ethic, bro. I think he's, I think, <laughs> I mean, I choose him over Cade. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, this guy is an elite. I think he's a, I think he's a Zion Williamson AD tier of prospect. Like, that's, that's what I think about him. You know what I mean? Do people. Do people have to also keep in mind that he's playing from the NBA three-point line? Right. And and when you're factoring, and I think that's why Tankathon, um, because guys do improve, well, most of them do as they get older. Um, a lot of the college guys are shooting from college threes. We saw Jabari struggle with the adjustment of playing further out and shooting further out in his first year. Um, he didn't really get used to that till pretty much halfway through the season. And, you know, Scoot is used to that. You know what I mean? He's used to that. He's uh, in the mid-range, you know. And to me, what you touched on, the intangibles, the leadership, I think, especially for the Houston Rockets, um, the floor general thing is a position we've been lacking uh, for the past two seasons. Um, you know, you know, with KPJ learning the role, and he's done a serviceable, serviceable job for somebody that's trying to learn the role. But I, my philosophy on the point guard is like quarterback, like, you can throw a, a, a Taysom Hill or one of these guys back there, but at the end of the day, man, you don't breed Peyton Manning. You feel me? Those dudes just come from like God just put it in them when they mm-hmm. like that's something that's God given. It's to me, it's innate the feel and to see that from a, 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 a dude so young to be only 19 years old, and like you pointed out earlier, when you got a mixture of uh, elite athleticism and then high IQ. That's almost a can't miss for as a generational player. At least somebody's going to be all NBA or an all-star level player. Because you find me a one of these top top players that's dumb or has bad feel for the game, and I'll give you five. I'll give you all y'all five dollars. You go find one of these all NBA Hall of Fame players that's not a savant in their position, whether it's defensively, playmaking, pat, whatever it is, scoring. They're savants, and I think that to me is a prerequisite. For these high high level picks um and to me honestly you know even Jalen, some of the reasons i kind of cap his, his ceiling and i don't go all crazy because he has limitations on his basketball um awareness and iq and i think he's learning but if Jalen had Cade's iq with his athleticism Jalen would probably be damn near michael jordan so you know I, I definitely so let me ask you the same thing for him he's on the rockets we get number two where does he fit on the team He's our starting <laughs> guard day one. He's he's running he's <laughs> running the ship, and and watch out anybody everybody needs to move out the way. He's day one the best prospect, and this is one of the things, man. If we get Scoot Henderson, I'm going to be so happy because I really believe in Jalen. I think I understand Jalen is is coming along a bit slower because of the situation he's in. Yeah, uh, you it. know what I mean. And and <laughs> as well as like you said, he's like. Uh, some people say low IQ. He's, he's, he's no, no, no. He has, he's he has good feel. He's yeah, he has good like, feel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, he yeah. has normal good uh, for his age and position. It's normal and good good IQ, and it's going to grow to where it's going to be above average, right? And that and and enough to be a superstar. He's already learning how to make the, the correct reads. And one thing I love about Jalen is I know that Jalen is in the film world. I I, I, yeah. I I can tell that Jalen is is identifying things from the film to to get better at his game and that's the type of stuff you need to do to improve your uh your people all acumen um but scoots day one 
he's 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 starting at he's starting that point guard and he and he's running the offense and we're running everything from him. Hopefully Jalen takes a leap and I think I think Scoop can be a John Morant level day one. John Morant rookie year, how good John Morant yeah. was his rookie year. I think that's within the outcomes for Scoop. Of course he's a rookie and a young guy, so you never want to put that on him or you never want to, you, there's always a chance that he needs his time like all rookies do, right? And, and so if he's not day one that good it's okay that's just how it, how the game goes it's a tough game to be played but i also just like to point out we were talking about his body i found a guy that has almost identical measurements and height when it height and size and it's donovan mitchell like, yeah yeah donovan mitchell is six foot two with like a six foot ten wingspan like you know what yeah. i mean and we don't have any issues with his height at the NBA level for those guys who that's what they like to say oh his height he's a smaller guard it's not a small guard he's not he's not not. and 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 we're seeing he probably has one of the best like playoff careers for a young guy Mm -hmm. in NBA history like he's coming in averaging 28 in the playoffs as and he's been in the playoffs every single year of his career so um, just to see that that archetype does elevate um, to a certain level. And I think the body and that makes up for height. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Like you know, we saw, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's like six, three, six, four. You tell him he can't get to the rim. Russell Westbrook gets to the rim on anybody. Um, so it's the explosiveness, all of that. I think, yeah, I, I would, I would not be mad if we got to uh, number two. In fact, I go back and forth. Like, do I want Wemby or him? Um, I definitely think whoever gets him from day one, he's a floor raiser. Your team now has a piece you could build around. I think that's what the Rockets have really, really, really been searching for like a guy that we know for a fact. Like, this is it. A guy like that makes you make moves a little prematurely than you would. I think the Rockets are still filling out stuff, but yeah, definitely Scoot. Um, one pass, like I like I always say, I um, the last time I did a pod with Dave, we were talking about um, point guards and some of the issues with the Rockets and their point guard play is the, um, the cross-court skip. pass. Skip. Yeah, the skip pass when uh, the help comes to try to stop the roll. On a pick and roll, Scoot man, be whipping that thing, ball both whips. hands, <laughs> both hands, both hands. Dude, Jabari, I've seen him move people, move people with his yep. eyes. Get out the way, yep. skip. <laughs> like it, oh, it's so they catch it right in the bread basket, man. Talk, think about the impact on that on Jabari Smith Jr. No more struggles, Jabari. He's gonna get a healthy dose of wide open threes from that corner. And, you know, we're one of the worst corner shooting three teams in the NBA. You, you're going to see percentages grow, go up across the board just from day one. So honestly, I think a, a great coach in school would probably make the most impact on the Rockets short and long term. All right, we're going to get to the number three. And number three is Brandon Miller. So with Brandon, um, I think he's 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 a good number three. Um, I like his game. The reason that I, you know, I'm not going to argue him at three, but at two, I just don't see, I don't see the two-way ability I like from a wing, his side to keep him at three. I've heard the comparisons to Paul George. Um, I think offensively, those are good comparisons, but um, Paul George is uh, definitely somebody that started as a as a hustle guy and a defender that developed his play uh, playmaking, his uh, offensive skills over the years. Um, so it's a little inverted, but I really value defense uh, in, in my wings. If you're going to be a wing, you're going to be a star. You got to be, you got to play both ways because you're not going to be a point guard. So if you're a scorer, you know, and we've talked about this. So right now, 18.8 points, 8.2 re- rebounds, which is really impressive. Two assists, shooting uh, 43 from the field, 38 from three, 85% free throw. So he's a pure shooter. Um, now, one thing I did for the guys that actually play in the NCAA, I looked on Synergy to get their uh, play type stats. Because like I said, those random like per game stats don't really tell you much. But to me, I like to look at profiles to see what are their top three like half court play types um, so I can know what type of player, like big picture, what are they? Pick and roll ball handler, uh, the most possessions, 134. He's below average in this, but I actually like that he's attempting to do this. That's a, that's really, really good for me for a wing his size to be attempting to run pick and rolls. And that's like his, his top go-to play. Um, and he did get better as the year went along in running pick and rolls. Um, he's, uh, you know, ranks in the 26th percentile, but I, I think that scales up in the NBA. And that's where that Paul George comes in. Spot up shooting. He's uh, rated excellent. 89th percentile. That's a no brainer. 
pure shooter there in isolation. Um, he's average. Uh, that's a, a part of his game. You know, earlier in the year, people that were comparing him to Jabari as far as not being able to create. And he was able to show his back defensive play types, uh, strengths, a spot up. He can guard the spot up with length, you know, contest with length, good, long, uh, long wing, wingspan. He's very good guarding the pick and roll and the ball handlers fighting around the screen, using his length to kind of be that trail defender to contest um, where he is, does suffer is isolation defense. And I think on a, you know, it's a mixture of frame and just to me, that's just not his game. Like you're not going to just throw him on the best player and say, go lock him down. Um, so overall, I think he's a great prospect. I think uh, for us, I don't know. I think it might be if we get him, I would be OK with it. He would address the shooting issue. He just feels redundant for the Rockets. But I wonder, what do you think about uh, Brandon Miller as a prospect? Man, I, I love him, man. I love Brandon Miller. I, I think I actually think Brandon Miller's is the same tier prospect as Jason Tatum was coming out. Like, okay. um, uh, th- th- I don't think they're the one for one type of players. Exactly. Um, I, the, the thing about Brandon Miller is what I talked about scalability right he has all these tools and they're all scalable it, you talk about his one-on-one defense uh, i think he's actually a pretty good one-on-one defender and he has excellent hands i mean excellent I yeah. mean, he's disruptive he's yeah. disruptive at, at the at the point uh of when balls uh, exchanged he gets a lot of steals he gets out runs um uh, right. brandon miller does so many good things that helps teams win uh, i'm talking um Rebounding. I mean, this guy's an excellent rebounder and he's not strong. You know what I mean? He's not strong yeah, right now. Yeah. And so for him to be such a good rebounder with that strength level, which is which the strength is probably the um the ire of all his weaknesses when it comes to the finishing, when it comes to um defense. Uh, defense I saw, yeah, yeah. Right. It, yeah. it all just boils down to the to the strength, right? And what do we know that all players get stronger? It's plenty of thin guys at Brandon Miller's size in this league defending at a high high level. Jaden McDaniels, Kevin Durant, the list goes up. Brandon Ingram, right? So there's there's plenty of guys. And what do all these guys have in common? They struggled early in the league because they weren't strong enough. And so whoever drafts Brandon Miller has to understand that he's not going to be good for about two three years. He's not he's not going to be good, and it's just because he's not going to have the strength to hold up and get to his spot and, and finish the way he needs to. But once he begins to add that strength, he has everything else in his game that can facilitate him into being a star, right? But if he doesn't become a star, then you might be looking at a Jaden McDaniels or a Trey Murphy and, and, and because he has the foot speed to guard, right? Once he gets the strength, he'll be able to hold up against one-on-one. He has the length, he has the instincts. And if you take the ball out of his hands, what, what else is he spending that energy on? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when guys begin to find their niche in the league. And so that, that's one of the things I love about Brandon Miller, the scalability of outcomes. Even if he doesn't become a star, you get a high-level starter. You know what I mean? You get a Because the shooting is elite. You know what I mean? I, you know, I think the release is a bit low, but it's quick. You know what I mean? I think it's a, a bit flat, but that's an easy fix. You know what I mean? And it's so much touch on the jump shot. Just a tremendous touch excellent spot up guy and they run a uh, they run a lot of movement stuff for him like yeah he, he has a lot of movement shooting and so when you think about a guy if he came to the rockets right i would hate to go give him the ball day one and say do what Jalen green did he's, he's he's gonna fail at that he's not gonna succeed at that but what you can say is hey if you want to get on this floor you play defense and you shoot open shots we're going to run you off some pin downs, you know, get you some shots. And then if you can succeed at that, we'll slowly scale your roll up. And he has he has to improve his handle, but the functionality is there. Right. And I like the process by which he gets to his spots. He has a nice floater in the lane. He gets to good spots in the lane with with his length. He should be able to finish. But a lot of times he just doesn't because of the physicality. He just he gets there. But those are good shots for a six foot nine wing. You know what I mean? He just has to have the finishing ability. Brandon Ingram went through the exact same thing, the exact same thing. And I expect Brandon Miller to do uh, to, to struggle in that way early. But when we talk about projection, it's not for next year or next two years down the line. He has all the tools you need to be a high level star wing in this league. And so that's why I really like Brandon. 
Yeah, and, and um, you know, my thing, I just have like a thing with the top three. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, and I think that if the Rockets get him, he addresses multiple issues that we have on the team. Uh, size, shooting, obviously number one shooting, gaping thing. And he does allow you to be a lot more flexible with your lineups, especially for guys like Shangun. So if we're talking about players that would complement the Alperin Shangun for all the people that love Shangun out there. Uh, in the top five, I would say Brandon Miller is probably the best bet because uh, you're talking about movement, dribble handoffs, it's the same. Some of the things we see with Jalen that Jalen really thrives on. You can really do a lot of stuff with teams running some double, uh, you know, some drag screens in transition, going into some stagger screens and get both of those guys, even having Brandon set screens and pop out while Jalen is going down. I mean, you could, you know, you can go crazy with that. So I really do think that um, he is, uh, I would not be mad at it. Um, I just, I just, I guess for me, my thing with the cutoff three is like, I want the guy to be one of those guys, but I love the uh, Trey Murphy comp. I think I love Trey Murphy. And that's I like a low Trey end Murphy. outcome for him. And that's a low yeah, end. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like so this that, is a good pick. Like, you know what I mean? That put it in perspective for me. Yeah. That, that's that, that would be a, if we got a, I love, man, I just love Trey mm -hmm. Murphy. Dude's a baller. Now your next pick kind of, this one kind of threw me off a little bit, bro. You, you walking on the wild side here. You, yeah. you have, uh, Houston's own Jarris Walker um, as your fourth overall pick. Uh, Jarris, 11.2 uh, points per game, 6.8 rebounds. Um, no, his stats mean nothing to me as far as like well, how low they are because he plays for, for U of H. And we know they're like the New England Patriots of college basketball. You're not going to be a 30-point-per-game scorer or some flashy player there. They just play good team ball. Um, I think we're uh, – and, you know, I would point out he is a 34% three-point three, uh, three shooter for a guy that played the big – where I do, where this guy really, really shines is defensively. Watching the tape, I mean, you know, I follow U of H a little bit, um, you know, during the season, during the tourney. He is a special defensive talent. Um, I really don't know in this generation of players who I can comp him to um, because I just can't think of it because he's he's six eight. He has like a almost like what seven some seven foot seven wingspan, two. Seven, seven two wingspan. He can move his feet. Like a wing on the perimeter, he's strong as an ox. As as a kid, can guard in the post. Um, defensive on from synergy, his top ratings. He can guard the spot up. He's a very good spot up uh, uh, player. This is a this is a big guarding spot ups. He is a great pick and roll man defender. Uh, very good, 69th percentile for that, and he is uh, 83rd percentile in isolation. This is amongst the entire NCAA. This is a big man. So. <laughs> I, you know, if the Rockets do get fourth, I know, I don't know, man. This is a tough one for me because I really do love Jairus. Um, He would address a lot of issues for the Rockets. Um, I just don't know. But he is a, to me, he's a win. Like, you can plug him in and he's going to help you win games just by his effort, rebounding, strength, IQ. This is a high IQ defensive player. He can run in transition. He can pass low key, finish at the basket. Will get better at shooting. Will not, you know, he's not going to be like a dead eye, but you you can't leave him in the corner. He might be like a PJ Tucker with a you know with mm -hmm. with a with that corner shot. So I love him as a prospect. I don't know if I would draft him at four, maybe five or six. But why did you put him at four? What was your reasoning behind that? Okay, so uh, for me, I think there's just a severe tear drop off for me. I'm not a fan of the Thompson Twins, okay? So okay. Uh, I think they're projects. I think they're projects. I think they have some of the highest upsides in this draft, but I think they're just as volatile to bust, okay? So the, when you balance that, and for me, I just went with a, with a safer, more verse, like safer, versatile guy that I think has some sneaky offensive upside. Um, and when you think about his defense, we know about his defensive versatility, and he's really a monster uh, as a roamer, as like off ball, playing the pass like monster, like crazy instincts, incredibly high IQ player, incredibly high IQ player. Okay, he, he's he's thinking the game. That's that's how you become a good off ball defender. By the way, you don't be, you know what I mean? He has incredible hands. Um, he can guard in space. He, he's this Swiss Army knife, and honestly. People throw out that Draymond Green comp a lot, but honestly, everything that Draymond Green is capable of doing, this guy's capable of doing and more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that includes as a facilitating hub because that's how good of a passer he is. And so when we get, when we start to think about 
the defense we know, all right, you have elite defensive upside. But what about the offense? So, so yeah, so I believe that there's some offensive upside there as a facilitating hub, okay? As a guy, you can run at a high put, post, short roll, right? And really, he can really build his game out of that and doing some very dynamic things. With that, with that frame, he's going to be an excellent screener. He's going to be able to do a lot of the stuff we've seen Shingun do, right? Now, he doesn't have the offensive package as a Shingun, right? But I wouldn't count him out from that. I think he could get to Bam at a bio level. He has a big frame. He he should be able to uh, take bigger uh, bigger guys off the bounce, right? And he has enough athleticism. He's a good athlete. I don't think he's elite by any means, but he's he's still a really good athlete and he's really strong. Once he learns to finish strong at the rim like that, I think he might be fine. And he has he's not he doesn't have much post up game at all. He's more of a face up offensive guy. But I think he has good enough footwork, good enough face-up game where you can start to kind of build on that later in his career. And he can almost get to like, – I wouldn't be surprised if you told me six years from now he got to Paul Millsap level offense, right? But it's just going to take a lot of work. It's just going it, – it really is. But he has the flexibility to get there. Okay, but if he yeah. doesn't, but if he doesn't, he's a good play finisher. He has a nice floater in the lane. He'll he, he'll be a lob threat. He'll he can catch lobs, and you can use him as a facilitating hub. And then you get an elite defender. Now this isn't a superstar, but this is an all star level Swiss Army knife type player that wins games and fits the modern NBA, right? Yeah. And if we look back at this draft five years from now. People might be talking about Jarrett as the the third best player in this draft or the fourth best player in this draft. You know what I mean? Like that's that's within his levels of outcome, and he's a he's just much safer to me than the Thompson twins. I I can see him getting to an All Star Swiss Army like player uh, very easily than me seeing that the Thompson uh, that that Amin Thompson gets a competent jump shot. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that it, that just makes more sense to me, and that's why he's so high on my board. But it's really just a reflection of how far the other guys are down for me. I think a lot of these guys get inefficient or don't have the upside needed to be picking this high. And I feel like he's a player that Oklahoma City would would draft. They need him. Like he he fits not only um, like literally they need that type of body type, but all the stuff you described about IQ, I feel like that's their draft philosophy. He's, if you had a poster child for OKC nowadays, you're talking about a guy that could pass, play defense, is play multiple positions, can guard one through five. Um, these are, to me, honestly, for the Rockets, this is why I'm not too mad at it. We need to start getting guys like that in the building, too, because we've taken a lot of these high upside, the men Thompson's type players. I would say Jalen's Lester. I would say Jabari has he has good IQ, but his feel for the game in real time isn't there where it needs to be right now. Um, but OKC is comfortable taking a giddy taking a Jalen Williams, these type of players that the measurables are there. They they're basketball players. And I feel like he fits in that category. Um, yeah, I would, I would love him. Um, if somehow, if we traded back and he was available a couple spots down, if we did a deal to maybe get some things out of, out of a, whoever wants to trade up to a spot we're not comfortable with, would definitely love to take him there. And uh, yeah, you know, go Cougs uh, for him. And I hope that he goes to, if he comes here, you know, that'd be a great story. Now, the next, you know, these two, I'm going to do them in tandem. So we got the yeah. Thompson twins. Um, you have uh, Osser Thompson, Osar Thompson at fifth and his brother, uh, Amen, at, at, at uh, sixth. I'm confused, bro. You know, I'm I'm like NBA focused, right? <laughs> I dabble in, in, you know, I dabble in college, but I really don't be watching OTE. The competition to me is, is low grade. It's, it's um, bad, bro. It's bad. And I even the highlights, I'm like, uh, like, what am I watching, bro? So it's really hard to gauge them. To me, what is the infatuation with a man over um a SAR? Like I I one okay, so one of them shoots better. Mm-hmm. They're both incredible athletes. Uh a man is a slightly more explosive athlete. A man Thompson is probably a, a, a gifted passer, but a SAR and him averaging the same amount of assists. Pretty much, he can make passes just in a different way, but he could shoot. He could defend uh, pretty much the same way. I don't get it. Like, could you explain to me why yeah. people are so high on Amen Thompson over right. his brother? Because I feel like 
if we're scaling up to the NBA, I mean, if they're just apples to apples, give me the guy that can sh- actually shoot a jump shot. I, I think it's uh, because he's a point guard. Number one is because he's a point guard. Position, positional versatility. He's a ball handler. He's a guy who's going to control the, the pace and have the ball in his hand more often. But it really, it also, it, that's not the only reason. It's also because people just believe he's so much higher of a tier by athlete with his quick tit twitch uh, first step, right? And for me, I think the biggest difference is not really the first step, but the way he sees angles, the way he is deceptive in his drives. He sets guys up. He sets guys up. So whether it's a Euro, whether it's a, you know, a misdirection crossover, he he is throwing you off to so he can get around you and get to the basket. I think that is the biggest difference about him is he he has a lot of misdirection in his game that I think will help him at the next level. Now, he does it too much and he's often moving too fast to like harness it, but it's there, right? He's often moving too fast and Asar is the opposite. Asar says, I'm bigger, stronger, and more athletic than you. I'm not setting you up. I'm going to finish strong through you, okay? And I think he does it okay, but it still isn't that great at that competition. I think they're both going to struggle. I think they're both, I just honestly, I think they're projects. Um, I think OTE was not a good place for them to go if they wanted to get ready for the NBA, honestly. Um, But, you know, I could be completely wrong, dog. Like, But for me, when those guys, when I did see them play against professional teams, I was not impressed. The, the way that league is set up, I don't even know how good they are in the half court. People are trying to tell me, like one of the things I hate about um, uh, a man, especially, sorry does it too, but a man always jumps when he's when he's passing. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It's it, it really is. And people are like, oh, they're trying to tell me that jumping when passing is not. Um, people, it's okay. You see different angles. It's like, no, if you jump, because you needed to find an angle that's different yeah. than you jumping and passing. You know what I mean? And right. it's just like, it, 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 one thing is a habit. And then another thing is, you know what I mean? You're doing with purpose. You know what I mean? Like people don't jump man, to, to make. R- real quick, just to, when I see guards that jump when they have to pass, it tells me that they had no forethought on that mm-hmm. drive. Like what we were talking about with Scoot. As far as manipulating the like the elite elite like floor readers, they know what the keys they're reading, and they will make a head fake, a step, a look, a dribble to manipulate. Even if it's faking, to make that key even commit by two steps, just to be able to open up something that they see. So they're it's happening in real time, but they're they know what they're processing. So it's very deliberate when they're going downhill or. When I see like, and one of the, you know, I was thinking he plays almost like, I'm talking about a man Thompson, he plays like Russell Westbrook. Um, not in a, you know, I love, I'm a big Russ fan. Um, and I think Russ gets a bad rep as far, he, he is a gifted passer and a, a pretty decent uh, point guard as far as setting his teammates up. But passing and setting up are different. Like, I think what I see with the, with a man especially is that he he relies on his elite athleticism rim pressure to generate open looks for his his teammates and he can get the ball there like he can whip he can get make every pass just as well but it's predicated on the the rim pressure rather than all of the above and i feel like there's levels like not to bring scoot back i know people are going to be like we're, we're riding scoot over here he has that too he can get he has a rim pressure but then he also knows the play knows how to drag out the screen a little bit just to like it's so many nuances to like generating passes where you have non-athletes like chris paul that can be one of the assist leaders in nba history john stockton's of the world the real elite point guards they don't have they don't you don't need rim pressure it's a it's a benefit but to be an elite point guard you don't need rim pressure and i'm fearful of that because we're watching the playoffs right now if you can't shoot bro it's gonna be hard for your team like they'll just uh, get in the paint play the passing lane they know what you want to do you're going to crash we're going to we're going to uh, read where you want to go with the ball these defenses that are smart they know exactly what you're trying to do and just jump the passing lanes you're going to have five turnovers you know oh for whatever so it does scare me um uh that uh, you know a lot of people but i do love their upside yeah. um as far as the difference between the two brothers um i've heard different people give different takes on it 
with a, a there with the Asars, his his shooting. Is it something that you see actually developing over time? Because I feel like his, uh, a man, that's he's going to be a bad shooter for the rest of his career. But... <laughs> that's why he's five. That it, it's that's why he's okay. five. Uh, because I think his jump shot. I think. He puts so much work in his jump shot and his mechanics. You can watch a game from the summer and watch it like his final game, and you can see the difference in the, the smoothness and fluidity in it, of his jump shot. It actually has some touch now. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 he, it, he's put in the work on that jump shot. You can tell he still can't shoot. He's still not a great shooter. Okay, but I, I think. You have shown enough that you've added some touch to it. You've had some mechanical tweaks. You're shooting from the NBA three-point line, even though no one's guarding you, because they're not—they're not even guarding them. They're—they're they're so afraid of them in the paint. It, it's actually frustrating because they're scared of them. Uh, the the, pe- the people that play them. Um, um, but he, his jumper, I think, has a chance to get to 35. percent You know what I'm saying? Get to 35, 36 percent. I think he can add some of that deception. Although, although we don't know it's there. But I just also like that he plays slower. He plays slower. And I think the I think guys who play slower in the NBA it, uh, are more well off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and 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 I think Amin is is speed, speed, speed. You know what I mean? Um, but I think he I think Amin at least at, at least plays with more deception. And so it's kind of a give and take. It's honestly like it's weird. You know what I mean? Um, but Amin. It's the touch. Um, like we can fix the mechanics, we can fix yeah. all the stuff. That touch is rock hard, man. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> I don't believe he'll shoot it. Like I, I don't. Yeah. I don't believe he'll shoot it. And the only reason he's he's here is because if he does shoot it, I would look ridiculous not having him. You know what I mean? Like because if he right. if he becomes a competent shooter, then I think he'll get there. And they have all the talent in the world to do everything else. But honestly, like I don't think their handles very good. I think they're going to struggle with the handles. I think they're going to struggle with ball pressure. I think they're going to struggle with mm. everything, bro. Honestly. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it's a symptom of the like the OTE thing. And honestly, they would guys that you might want to put them in the G League to get a feel for a little bit. Because like, I don't think people are understanding the level of competition in the NBA compared to any other league in the world. It, it makes these guys, whether it's the best rookie they come into the NBA and a lot of them look like trash. <laughs> it's like, and they'll be um, in college, you know, the man, the man, the man. It's a few guys. If the guys that make that transition easily, they're going to be Hall of Famers off rip. Like, they just come in, they're playing in a man's game and they fit in. I think that, man, it's almost two or three levels up of what they're used to playing in an OTE. And I'm almost worried that, you know, whoever drafts them is, I mean, I, I think, like you said, highest... Um, they have a lot of upside. I'm talking about defense, the passing. If they get a, a thing of a jumper, but man, man, the, the, the bottom end of that is, I mean, even like we, I'm going to ask you for the Rockets fit. I, I don't see where they fit on the Rockets. I know people think, yeah, we need a point guard. We need a point guard. A man Thompson, if he gets to the Rockets, will need the ball in his hands to be effective unless we want him cutting. And I mean, I don't even know what that really means. <laughs> just having cutting all this. <laughs> right. So. Where do you? It, it, like, yeah, I know there's people that love him and Thompson in the fan base. If we were to draft him, where where would he? What what construction would you have to put around him to make him work? I think it'd be I think it'd be the KPJ experiment all over again. I think I think it probably would be the Rockets fans' worst nightmare. It would be KPJ all over again, and you draft a guy that high with that much talent. You have to put him on the floor. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to see what he had. You know what I mean? And the only thing you just pray that we're that I'm wrong. Like I like, like that's the only thing. Yeah. But you gotta let him play the point guard because he has the skills to do it. Like we said, that those skip passes, I mean, he can make them. You know what I mean? I think he's a creative passer, right? I think he has deception with his passing sometimes. You know what I mean? Not in a way where he really is manipulating defenders, but it's 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 some stuff there where I think in the long run, you know, he could be very, very special, very special player. But honestly, I, I think he's cut from the same cloth as Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. And if those are stars in this league, you know what I mean? Those are stars in this league. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I don't I think when, when it's all said and done and you get to the playoffs, 
these are not the type of stars that win at the highest level. It's they they have uh, a lot of limitations, but yeah, I mean, so th those are your top six. So with the the twentieth pick is also where we landed from the uh, Clippers pick. Um, you know, briefly, where if if we were to draft, and I you know I think we talked about this off air. We probably the Rockets probably trade that pick or do something with it because they're trying to win, and um, at that point you're adding players that you know you can get a win now player. Uh, from there but i think if, if they can get a player that's already in the nba they'll try to do that but what are some prospects that you can see that may if we get lucky fall to the 20th spot that we should be um looking looking out for yeah i mean the luckiest would be lively i mean lively i doubt falls that far maybe if we were at 18 we'd have a chance you know 16 we'd have a chance um but the, the Derek Lively is the only prospect in this draft of that draft of that archetype with that type of skill set, the Mark Williams type, you know, wingspan and, and body, right? And because because of that, any team that is looking for that type of prospect within the first twenty picks, are, are, he's going to be the first one off the board, you, right? And so that that's why I, I think it's we it's a low shot for us getting him. And I mean, I think, you know, he did absolutely nothing offensively <laughs> for Duke, but that I think was a part of the system as well. Him having a slow start coming off injury, but he has absolute special defensive upside. And I think the Rockets need uh, that type of versatility. We, we talked about, you know, in spaces and in, in, uh, uh, on Twitter about having different types of bigs so you can play different types of ways, right? And match up for different teams. I think Lively is one of the the, the, the center position lob threat, defensive anchor, drop, and can play in space. I think he's a, I think he has special defensive upside. Like he has, he can yeah. be a special defender. So that would be like the golden thing that I would I would really want. I mean, I think Maxwell Lewis has a chance of falling. Uh, I mean, this is a six six foot seven guy with some real offensive upside. Had a really good start to the year, and then by halfway throughout the year, he just his efficiency fell off. He wasn't a good defender, but I'm not too worried about his defense per se because if he's not a star, if, we, if you take the ball out of his hands and say, "Hey, you," in order to get on the floor, you have to defend. Those guys usually defend, right? You know what I mean? Like Jay Jay Crowder from Mar Marquette was a score. I mean, Marcus Smart was an absolute monster score. But when they, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he was one of the best scores in college basketball. He, he had several real quick, people games. sleep. I yeah. think people forget that what who Marcus Smart was at Oklahoma State, man. Right, and he was and, a goon. He was a yeah, goon. That's, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, though. When you take the ball out of these guys' hands and they have to make their living as a role player, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Their priorities change, and then it's about do you have the ability? You know what I mean? And I think Maxwell Lewis has the ability, he has the length, the the, the foot speed to be a, a defensive wing, and he has the shooting touch to shoot. And he has some upside to be more than that. So I, I like, you know, I think that'd be a good wing. I mean, it's, it's getting jumbled up at that position. But hey, you know, add a guy like that there. Um, Gigi Jackson might fall out there. Um, another project guy, but absolutely sky high upside. You know what I mean? I think I would take a chance on him earlier. I think he's 14 on my board. But I think it's some good players that could fall 220. Um one sneaky guy that I like, and I, I was talking about him um, today on Twitter, got to Coop was mad. He, he didn't like it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Coop, man, Coop, y'all go listen to the upside swing because Coop and his boys, they be dissecting something crazy yeah. over there, dog. I mean, yeah, I look, yeah, it's yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff I don't agree, hey. but you can't <laughs> deny Coop? them boys. Them boys you know, be watching. You know, Coop, Coop is a contributor for us in. Um, I think last year he had Jabari like 11th or, or oh, something. I don't know. He had be crazy. Tari in the top three. And right. he's a mad scientist, man. Hey, I'll give my boy. He, he, whatever, like he has a methodology and I respect likes. it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but I respect it. I respect it so much because you can tell how much effort he's put mm -hmm. into watching those games, bro. Like they're going to tell you biomechanically every little detail you know what i mean and i'm just like man i think you're kind of overthinking it sometimes but but hey i respect it but yeah so so he was kind of mad at me but trace jackson davis 
he's a guy that's probably going to go in the second round or late first, right? So it'd be a reach to take him at 20. But I think he don't. I think he doesn't fail. I think this is a guy. He's six foot nine. Have you seen? Have you watched Trace yet? Uh, just some highlights. Yeah, just okay, some so, highlights. So yeah. Trace is high Q, excellent passer. Can be a facilitating hub, NBA ready body. Average three blocks a game. Three blocks a game. Can play in space. Can can defend in space. He's a little undersized at six foot nine, but he has a seven foot two wingspan. So that the wingspan counts, and he's proven that he's a good rim protector. Okay, excellent athlete, above the rim finisher, like l- true legit lob threat. Okay, like you know, he's like a mix of the Jalen Williams uh, with the hair uh, from mm-hmm. Arkansas. He's like a mix of that. Uh, okay, Jay yeah, Will. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, Jay Will. He's like a mix of Jay Will. And um, Dwight Powell, okay. So like, mm. like he doesn't shoot at all. He can't shoot at all. He doesn't shoot at all. He's a center, okay. But I'm talking hustle play, defense, but smart IQ, um, strong uh, guards with position and athleticism. You know what I mean? And those type of guys don't fail. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't. They yeah. don't fail. And he has a he has a real post game package, like a real post game package. And he he can he can face you up too and take you off the dribble. I mean, this guy does a lot. I mean, he has some really really excellent defense against uh, defensive plays against um, the Keegan's brother. What's Keegan's brother's name? Um, Keegan Murray's brother. Chris. Um, yes, uh, Chris. Chris Murray. Yeah. Yes, he has some excellent defensive plays against Chris Murray, who is going to be another top twenty pick within that within that range. Look, looking at him right now, they uh, Synergy has him rated as excellent in isolation. He's in ninetieth percentile in isolation defense. This is uh, talking about Trace. Yeah, bro. That's, that, like, that's nice. I'm, t- I'm talking. Nice. I'm, I'm talking defensive Swiss Army knife. He's he he could use some work on his defense in the post, but he's strong. He's he's older though. He's like twenty three, but. He's we, need, we need more. We need yes. more. We need more of that those fits guys. Us. I, that I know fits one us. thing. A lot of people. A lot of people are mad at older rookies. I. I don't like. I'm not. Agent. I, to me, like especially in the later lottery, and if a guy is 22, He's I don't care. He's, he can. Yeah, he can still have a 10 year career, 15 year career. I'm looking at Austin Reeves right now on the Lakers. I love Austin Reeves. Um, He's 22, 23 years old. Do you think the Lakers care that he's not 19? This dude might help them, you know, get to a, a and that, finals. And that's what I'm talking about. In the Rockets, for where the Rockets are in their phase, they're trying to win, okay? So you want to bring a guy in, if you're going to draft at 20, that can help you win. And he's older. Yeah. He's going to be more mature. He has an NBA-ready body. And he's high IQ, which means those high IQ guys, the game isn't too fast for them. As, you know, they, they catch up. They, they, they process faster. You know what I mean? And so, and he's an excellent passer. The same stuff you're going to do with Shingun, he's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to do those things at a high level. You know what I mean? Like that guy, he, uh, out of the post, mid post passing, he can be a facilitating hub. And then he's an excellent defender. He's a, he's a, he's a, a legitimate rim protector. He just is. You know what I mean? Three blocks a game is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, to average three blocks a game, and and he's been doing it like this at this high of a level for several years. He's been a, he's been an NBA prospect for several years, so he just kept he just kept staying. So I mean, I think he's going to return higher than top twenty value, but from a value point that and that's what uh, Coop was talking about. From a value yeah. point, that may be not the best option to do. But if I'm if I'm the Rockets and I'm selecting at twenty and I want a guy I know I can trust that's gonna go, go out there and produce, and I think he has some upside, bro. I don't I don't believe guys are finished products at twenty three. Yeah, star. You know what I mean? I think he yeah. has some. I think he has some real high upside to be more than that because he has some real offensive chops. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't count him out for de- developing jump shots. Guys add new things to the games all the time. I just wouldn't project it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So th- those are some of my guys because I know we need a center that I think we should we should look at uh, for point guard. Say we don't get scoop. You know we need to add another point guard. Um, I would look at pods. Brandon Podzimski, he's more of a combo, but in this league, you know, combos can play point guard. He's six foot five. I, I worry about his wingspan, um, and and he plays kind of slow and in control. But man, 
he was he's one of the best passers in this draft hands down and i'm talking creative pass like you know the, the, he's one of those creative passers can make every pass in the book including the skip and he's an excellent shooter with excellent touch on the jump shot um he's a smart player he's gonna be one of the smartest guys on the court um and because he's so smart he'll he'll be okay team defense wise but it's just some things that I think Pods is not going to be able to do defensively just because just the tools aren't there. But if he is able to play point guard, you can hide him. You can hide him in, in certain situations and just make sure he's there. But I worry about his wingspan. So I like Pods. And I don't think this guy will be here. He's number nine on my board. But Jalen Hood Shafino, uh, one of my yeah. favorite, also one of my favorite uh, players in the draft. He played with Trace Jackson Davis. They were a dynamic duo. Um, and I think I think that guy has some real star upside, and that's why he's number nine on my board ahead of Anthony Black, Case, and Wallace. Um, you, you know what I mean? I, I think uh, to me, he com- he commands so much control of the pace of the game. Um, he has to work on his turnovers. Um, he has to work on that jump shot, but. I believe he'll shoot it in the long run. He's had some really high games where he's just gone off from three. Um, and he will kill you in the pick and roll. He knows every read yeah. out of the pick and roll. And that's an NBA translatable skill. And he's an excellent point of attack defender. What else do you want from your from a point guard? Like He has a future as a starting high-level point guard. And I think he has all-star upside. So Yeah, yeah. and I, those are all great picks. Um, some of them are more I'm more familiar with. Um, what we're going to do, bro, we're going to throughout the summer, obviously, we'll have you back different, you know, different. The, the, it's going to fl- fluctuate as far who's hot, who's not. Um, our fans really, really, they've been bugging me in a space about draft. And I know I know when I'm not the man, like I'm not going to get on here and start talking about these dudes in line to y'all. So I'm glad my man uh, Madison was able to come on the next pod. We're going to do a Rockets one uh, maybe next week. Bro, I'm going to hit you up. For sure. um, I want us to look look at our team now and talk about just how those guys are developing what we see from each of those players. So, bro, uh, where can the people find you at? Uh, Matt? Yeah, man, y'all can find me at, at Madman Leaks on Twitter. Come interact with me, man. Um, and I, I'm also a weekly co-host with, with Jackson at LOR. So you can come listen to me weekly. I'll be on there uh, all the time. So, uh, you know, come interact with me, man. I love to talk Rockets and draft. Oh, and yes, also, yeah, but we're—I'm just teaming up with uh, Evan Towson on Twitter. Um, okay. We're doing a—we're doing a Rocket Spurs collaborative draft talk this Friday. I believe it's going to be at 6:30. Times may change, right? But uh, a couple of the Rockets people are going to be on uh, on there. Rockets draft people, and they're gonna—we're going to talk and have a, a great conversation about the draft. So if you're thirsty about draft information, please come join us. It should be a great discussion with the, with Evan Townsend, who's great. What what platform? Player. What platform? Oh, it's uh, Spaces. It's uh, Twitter Spaces. spaces. Twitter Spaces. Yeah. Okay, we'll post that on the on the channels um on the channels uh, page on the on the post, and yeah, this will drop tomorrow. This will drop. Okay. Tomorrow. So yeah, man. So appreciate you, brother, man. It was fun talking to you. I'm gonna get you back in for the Rockets, break down some of these uh these players and what we see from them. Um, you know, the Rockets are in a good position. We got phase two coming up, so we'll see how it goes, man. But shout out to my boy Madison for coming through. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you for having me, man.